0: are we ready to do this <laughs> let's hit it what is up guys welcome to Punts and pines the poker podcast my name is paul puns with me is the amazing simon stacks and if you're new here we are two poker players who are starting this podcast to chat poker talk about the daily grind and of course life around it simon welcome What's up, man? Thank you for... I guess you're not having me anymore, are you? Well, you're technically... No.
1: No. Uh, but yeah, very, welcome, guys. We are very excited to, to have this po- podcast. The thing that you forgot to actually mention is that, I don't know if you mentioned, but it's all about the beers, right? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, you were like... well, it's- We're ch- chatting about poker and chatting about life, but <laughs> it's puns and pints. <laughs> or, it's it's about right, the beers. Or, Come on.
0: Yeah. It's, it's tough for me because it's like 12 a.m. on a Saturday and I'm usually not drinking at this time of day. But for you guys, of course, I'll make the big exception.
1: <laughs> guys, I'll let you in on a little secret um, because of the, the way that the timings work. Basically, I always end up getting to to film these episodes at night. So I'm always like Saturday night, you know, good time for me. And Paul, like, it's like, fuck, I just woke up like two hours ago. Now I have to eat. He literally just finishes <laughs> coffee. Like, I'm pretty sure he has a coffee <laughs> on his table right now. Uh, but for you guys. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. For you guys, he's got, he's got the beers out as well. But no, uh, yeah, very excited for <laughs> episode three. There's been a massive pause in between uh, episode uh, two and three just because we've had so much life shit going on. But uh, we are very keen
0: to try and keep up with uh, some more episodes soon. Yeah, we should definitely try to stick to like a two week schedule from now on. But Simon is a busy man. <laughs> yeah, got
1: that, uh, got that full time work grind. And uh, yeah, trying to make content and play poker on the side is oof, it's a tough life. It's crazy how
0: you do it. It's crazy how you do it. But it's all for the poker. love of the game, right?
1: all for the love of the game yeah some of the hands that i'll show you later will show you how
0: much i love this game (laughs) excited for that so yeah uh let's cut to the chase let's start the beers you want to go first
1: (laughs) absolutely and it's (laughs) this is going to make it even worse after i've just told everyone that i get to have the the drinks at night time and uh you have to start early in the morning and i might get in uh in big trouble uh in the comments here but uh i've actually got <laughs> would you believe it <laughs> oh god yeah there it is the camera should be uh showing you there guys i have got an alcohol free pale ale this time which uh yeah might be considered blasphemous uh in- it looks crisp <laughs> it looks so crisp though Oh my God, we need to be sponsored by these guys because that is a beautiful <laughs> shot. Damn, that looks good. Um, but yeah, I've got uh, the Bridge Road Brewers free time. And I don't know if, if you guys have much uh, alcohol-free beers in Germany, but like the market is is actually kind of starting to blow up here. Like It's it's becoming really, really popular um, as a lot of people are, are choosing to either drink less or, or, or slow down on their drinking. So
0: I've been yeah. on a bit
1: of a mission to find the best tasting alcohol free beer
0: <laughs> yeah i think i think we have gen z to thank for that because there are all these straight edge guys who are going to the gym and eating healthy and now the alcohol like we have a tons of alcohol gins and alcohol free uh, wines and of course the beers so i'm a big fan actually i do enjoy them myself yeah it's like
1: it's like 20 or something like that um, of Gen Z don't actually drink alcohol, I think. And it might even be, it might even be bigger than that, which is mind blowing to me. And especially, I mean, I'm sure <laughs> Germany is the same, but you know, Australia has a massive drinking culture. We love a beer. so um, A massive drinking problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's way my putting, it. I feel like Germans are like just responsible Australians in many ways. You, you go to Germany and I feel like people, I don't know, they're, From my experience, when I went there uh, a couple of times, people like drink alcohol, but they're like not idiots. Whereas in Australia, people just drink until they die, basically.
0: Can you drink openly on the streets in Australia? No, not legally. But people do it. And there's certain
1: areas where, you know, people, I think as long as you're not causing too much of a scene, it's okay. But people aren't just walking through the
0: middle of the city, like in Germany and just like having a casual brew yeah i always notice that when i'm like in places where it's not legal to drink in public so um when when i went to university in northern ireland i didn't know that it was not allowed to drink on the streets and i was just like one day walking through the streets with a beer in my head they got stopped by the cops by the coppers and (laughs) And they're like what the fuck are you doing and i'm like what i'm just having a beer (laughs) just a german vlog trying to have a beer like let let a man let a man drink exactly exactly so i'm always confused because of course we have in germany like this huge culture around just sitting in parks and drinking beer or like it's it's mind-boggling to me that you are not allowed to drink in the streets (laughs) (laughs) okay well anyways as i said this is Bridge Road Brewers.
1: It's called the Free Time. It's alcohol free, uh, pale ale. So let's get this, let's get this bad boy cracked, um, and see what it's like.
0: Sounds Go good. Oh, damn.
1: <laughs> you know what? I've got to say, this is a bloody good alcohol free beer. Like, I don't know if you remember the first time, like I ever tried an alcohol-free beer. It tasted like actual piss. It was disgusting. <laughs> Not that I know what piss tastes like. Just saying, I, it's what I imagine yeah. to, to taste like. It tasted like water. But obviously, they've now figured out a way to get the flavors in. Like this is a pale ale, and this, like, if you, if you poured this at a at a bar in a schooner glass, or I don't know what you, if you know what a schooner glass is, but it's like our standard size of glass. Yeah. If you poured this out of a tap at a bar and you serve this to me and I had like four of them, the only dead giveaway would be that I wouldn't be feeling drunk, but it <laughs> it, it's, it smells, yeah, this, this is a beer as far as I'm concerned. This is actually
0: really delicious. So, right. So we'll see, see we'll see if the placebo effect kicks in. <laughs> I know. You're questions? just going
1: <laughs> to be stumbling my words. After half an alcohol-free beer. It's going to be interesting. So do I need to give
0: a, a, a handwriting? Or do you want to talk through your beer? Uh, let me do mine first. And then we'll do some hands for the beers as we usually do. So I'm actually, um, I found the responsible choice of beer for today. <laughs> it's uh the ratsherren alster i have uh no idea if you know what an alster is um it's also called radler in germany oh so yeah we do you know um, what that is yeah mate in Aussie, we just called that a radler <laughs> ah,
1: look but, at this uh it's very similar but it's basically like my understanding is that i don't know if there's a direct translation but it's basically like a beer with like a, a fruity
0: twist right Is that right? Yeah, it's actually like if if you order it at a bar, they're just going to pour lemonade into your beer. So it's like a light alternative. So you can always order a beer and then make it an Alsta or a Radler by just pouring some lemonade in it. So this is by a Hamburg brewery, Um, pretty good one. And it's a light beer, but with a lemonade so it has this like lemony flavor really light perfect for 12 a.m on a Saturday <laughs> de- <laughs> to get de- the day started <laughs> high, high session ability oh. definitely, definitely yeah we call that a, I think that's called a shandy in Australia I'm not sure but a shandy
1: yeah that's Look like
0: this it's like learning vocabulary with Simon Stacks <laughs>
1: well you just said a bunch of German words and I had no idea what you just said for like five minutes you were like saying all these words so maybe we need to do like a bit of a language
0: exchange maybe maybe so yeah it's it depends on where you are in germany if you're in the north it's called Alster. um alsta is actually a lake in hamburg and yeah it's weird i don't know No, like, I'm, how, I'm originally how do you know from that <laughs> i'm i'm originally from the south <laughs> So I know it as a radla because that's like it's a person who's on a bicycle, and usually people when they do a bike tour and they need uh, like a refreshment and also want to stock up on um, electrolytes, they would usually have a beer, but uh, beers are too hard on the stomach, so they usually drink a radla. That's why it's called a radla for bike tours. Well, hell yeah
1: all right yeah
0: but in the north they named it after a lake so (laughs) i think we're
1: gonna have to add um like a history tag to this podcast because i I
0: feel like people are like gonna get some serious good knowledge out of this now it's not
1: not just yeah guys if if you want to know
0: more about beer culture just ask (laughs) just
1: ask (laughs) so good i mean probably the best people to start a, a podcast um to include beers is is a german and an aussie it makes perfect sense it does it does so so i guess um for anyone who hasn't caught the first two episodes obviously go back and watch them obviously um but if you have it one of the things that we we like to do is we like to drink our beers and then we like to associate our beers with a poker starting hand and then that poker starting hand will serve as uh the challenge hand that we have to um, go all in with, but well, we'll get to that segment later. But for now, Paul, give us give us a bit of an indication what your Radler is uh, for
0: a starting hand. So since it's not like a full fledged beer, I cannot give it a premium holding, right? It's it's like not aces, it's not queens or something. Um, it is pretty good though. And it's also like, because you drink it usually in the beginning of an evening, you wouldn't really be associating it with like a punty hand. So you're still playing solid here. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say it's something like pocket nines, you know, pocket nines, solid hand, usually like easy, easily playable.
1: Yeah, Um, Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Easy, easy to fold versus uh, some some big bets or some overcards, but can can exactly. also turn out really good. It's it's so funny yeah. because I think my my beer was kind of going down a very similar route, and initially <laughs> my thinking was like, I was like, well, it's actually kind of like aces, isn't it? Because uh, you're drinking beer, getting all the flavor, but you're not like. Deal, having to deal with all the bad side of being drunk
0: so it's just like the ultimate yeah.
1: kind of hand but then i was like hold on a second
0: but it's it, it's fake aces right it's so it has aces. to be like an ace four ace four you know when you peel the cards in the life game and you look at the <laughs> ace and then you look at the four and you think yeah we have pocket rockets and then it's like oh no fuck it
1: <laughs> oh my god that's so funny or i guess it could be fours as well because then, cause then it's yeah. like the true the true fake aces. Well, I mean, I think that's actually better than where I was going. Because my, my thinking was actually going to go, it's almost like a good trap hand. Because you're drinking beers with all your mates. Everyone's like getting drunk, except you're drinking mm-hmm. the alcohol-free ones. So you they're getting steadily more drunk and you're just on your A game. So while everyone else is is tripping out, you're going to trap them. So it's kind of like, I don't know, like a, a low suited connector. Um. But I actually, mm. I actually like your uh, description way better, so I'm going to steal that from you. And <laughs> um, I think Ace-4 is too easy for me to play with in the challenge. Um, so I'm actually going to go with Pocket-4s. I'm going to go the full fake... Pocket-4s. Um, the full <laughs> fake Aces, as we'll call them. But we're going to go Pocket-4s, because I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be punting off a stack. Know, like,
0: you should be. Mind. You should be. It's funny that you mentioned it because whenever I'm actually playing live here in Hamburg in a casino, like I usually play NL200 here in the casino, and I always order alcohol free beer in a glass. You see, so
1: motherfucker.
0: I always do that. Yeah. And then I'll have a couple, and then people just assume that I'm drinking beer like for five hours straight <laughs> oh my but i'm sober God. what's the name of <laughs> yeah. the casino that you go to uh it's it's super boring it's just named after the place it's at so it's casino schienefeld
1: okay so just a yeah. shout out for anyone playing at casino schienefeld beware of the guy drinking beers in a glass because he could be trapping <laughs> you he's he's a proper shot yeah, yeah i would be yeah. i would be careful of that all right, so should we talk a little bit about how our weeks went? Should we have a little bit of a heat check?
0: Yes, please. Let's do the heat check. You want to go first?
1: Oh, I did um, <laughs> until I played literally this afternoon. Um, so looking at my uh, my results, um, I played... 6,300 hands this week, which is probably a little bit down from what I have been playing the last couple of weeks. Um, but I had a couple, of, I was out a couple of nights this week. Uh, so unfortunately, um, I didn't um, play as much as I would have liked. Um, mm-hmm. And as you can see, uh, within 500 hands of the start of the week, we're already down $80 so that was not a good start Ouch. to the week um I, I will say i will say that with a caveat of i'm currently at the in the phase of my bankroll challenge where i am uh playing 10 now but taking some shots at 25 so there's it the graph is probably a little bit skewed in that um you know there's going to be chunks where it just drops up or down jumps up or down pretty quickly and that's just because of the jump in stakes so, started yeah. off started off really badly and then I just went full hardcore grind mode, man. I was just like <laughs> clicking buttons, staying focused, um and yeah, basically just went on like a super solid run, uh playing super well I mean, It went really really well and then um, yeah, just just had a A big session today playing Russian Cash Fridays. And as I'm sure you can attest to, those are some swingy sessions. Uh, People just start going mad. And because I got the streamer tag, I did not realize that people would would start just calling me down so much lighter, especially uh, moving to a new stake. So, yeah, not going to lie, punted off a couple of stacks um, uh, today, which... Very much uh, hurt me, and then um, yeah, ran ran kind of uh, poorly uh, at the end of the day. So after, but you the... did play off stream the last session. I did play off stream the last session. Yeah, it's, fu- it's funny because I actually played better on stream, um, and I kind of do sometimes play better on stream because I'm just so focused on, mm. on uh, what's happening. Anyways after after all those hands we basically broke even for the week i mean we were a little bit we we're below ev but we we essentially broke even so it's it's whatever like you know disappointing that we were up <laughs> so much but you know we'll we'll take a break even week nice,
0: how did you go nice. uh i'm actually the opposite so i think this is t- this has been the first week in my life where I actually ran above EV for more than like 2000 hands. So the first I played 7000 000... Yeah, I think so. Really. Like I have never run above EV for more than 2000 hands ever. I think it never <laughs> happened. <laughs> so, uh we played uh 7200 something hands. And, um, as you can see the graph, I, I am up 250 something dollars and I'm basically up 200 in EV above EV, (laughs) which is insane. But it also, I think it also stems from the reason I started playing PLO and Pot Limit Omaha is such a crazy game that, um, like stacks are flying left and right. You have to put the money in with like 60, 50% equity all of the time. Oh so you're gonna win a couple of flips and then you're gonna just be above EV a lot. Yeah, wow. So I think that's that's the reason for it. Out of
1: out of the 7K hands, how much of that is PLO and how much
0: is Holden? I think half and half, yeah. So I think it's like, I, I, I it's probably like, Four thousand hands PLO, yeah. Holy
1: hell! Yeah, okay. Yeah,
0: are, are you still enjoying it? Are you? Do you feel like you're getting better? Yeah. or Yeah. So yeah, I started studying it. Like the first couple of sessions, I was just jumping in the pool and see how it goes, uh, kind of way without even like studying preflop charts or anything. But now I've started to look at preflop more and um also uh got some coaching and yeah yeah so yeah so um, i'm 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 gonna try and include that as like it's not gonna be my main game i love no limit Hold'em too much to switch completely but i'll definitely want to mix it in and get good at PLO at least four card PLO like people on streams always tell me to start playing five card or six card PLO but I'm already so confused watching the the action with four cards so I'm not going to be playing five card or six card PLO anytime soon
1: I reckon PLO would just be the most infuriating game because you like you just like never have the nuts (laughs) like even when you have even when you have the nuts you don't have the nuts (laughs)
0: Yeah, 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 <laughs> well, I, I, I know in in the session I streamed this week on PLO I was I got the money in with the nuts on the turn every single time and still lost. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I just I
1: couldn't handle that emotionally. Yeah, that would, that because
0: would be the, the fact the fact I had I had like the nuts straight on the turn and the money went in and the other guys still had 40% equity. Because he did have two pair and the nut flush draw. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. Yeah, so PLO is insane. like I, I I now understand how important it is to have like backdoor draws and redraws to other hands. So just yeah. having the nuts on the flop, for example, is not, not even that great if you if you don't have to redraw to something. Oh my god, yeah. yeah, that's that's just a whole different kettle
1: of fish. Yeah, well Yeah, it's insane. For for anyone watching in video land, um, let us know in the comments what what games you guys are playing. I'm I'm interested to see or <laughs> what your favorite game is. I'm interested to see what other people are playing. Um I don't think I'm quite ready to take on PLO yet. I first need to get better at holding, but you know, fuck, maybe that's that's an option. Uh huh. Yeah. Further down the track, if I if I just one day decide that I want to punt it all off, uh, then yeah, maybe <laughs> I'll play PLO. Uh, but you, just going back to it, something that you said before, so you said that uh, you were doing some coaching um, on PLO, and that's that's kind of interesting because I think that's something that we wanted to, to talk about in this episode. Um know maybe we'll give it a a name for this section, we're not sure yet. Maybe Hot Topics or something like that. But uh we'd really like to to bring um a topic to have a brief chat around that's kind of that you guys will find interesting. Uh and this week we thought that coaching could actually be a really interesting uh topic. And there's I think we've got some some great uh, people to talk about it um because <laughs> well I've, I've just started receiving coaching. I've done coaching in the past. I've done online training courses. Um, so I've, I've, I have i have not been a coach. I'm not good enough to be a coach, frankly, um, at this stage. Um, but Paul, you, you've told me about your experience with coaching. I think you've, you've been. Yeah. A coach so
0: yourself. I have, yeah. So in the past year I have helped, I would say around 20 guys who I'm currently also, some of them have finished their sessions with me, but some of them are still going. So I have been coaching mainly microstakes players in No Limit Hold'em for the past couple of months. So everything from NL2 to NL25. And yeah, it's been like, I think it's a great, great experience for me and for them. Because uh, for me personally, like every time I see someone else play and give my feedback, I also learn something new. Like I learned something about the way people are thinking, who are new to poker, who are beginners, and then trying to help them understand how to shift their thinking from playing their specific hand to playing a strategy Yeah, wow. is extremely insightful and also helps me to like... Um, really build a solid basis for explaining poker so i think it helps my streams too because i i learn how to phrase things in an easy way so they can understand and what i always tell people is um, getting like private coaching is super helpful because usually while you're playing you don't notice the mistakes you're making Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it sounds weird, but like it's it's not about the big hands. It's like the small pots where people miss see bets, miss turn barrels, like are playing from hands from positions they shouldn't be playing, are not checking stats, all the small things that are important for a win rate. Um, that only is highlighted through private coaching sessions. I think.
1: Yeah. Very interesting. Because I think, like, firstly, I think. Like so many players, the average player is probably doing, potentially doing no study or very limited study, and then the other kind of thing, and we'll, we can get into a little bit more, but um, is that is the type of study that people are doing, kind of like active versus passive studying, and I think what a lot of people do is they like they'll tag like you know three big pots or they look at the biggest pots they played, and they'll just go like ah. Oh, like, oh, that was a cooler, that's fine. You yeah. know, like, yeah. like, oh, yeah, got it in with the best or, like, oh, yeah, he just, like, you know, flopped set or whatever, like, nothing I could have done there. And then that's, like, kind of the extent that they go to. But as you say, like, I think what's almost more important is, like, can you find those, like, fundamental leaks um, yeah. that that are causing uh, bigger win rates um, losses and just just a side anecdote because i've i've actually kind of gone back to to doing some more coaching at the mo- uh as in being coached um but yeah getting some more coaching at the moment and uh my coach kind of has like gone back to to v- like really really simple basics like pre flop sizings flop sizings yeah. um choosing, like, the right boards to bet and not bet and, like, just very seemingly simple things that I'm, like, a little bit... I'm feeling a little bit, like, I already know this, don't want to do this, don't want to do this, but, you know, even filtering for these, like, small leaks over, like, my, my big samples this year, you just see, like, hand after hand after hand and then you go into, like... For example, just looking at the pre flop, like by folding like certain hands that you think are like on the edge, um, mm-hmm. like even just the true EV loss of folding those hands and like not opening like the right ranges is like just adds up, adds up, adds up uh, continually. And then if you include the fact that you've got you know potentially have a skill edge, the EV loss is the true EV loss is probably even larger than that. So. Yeah, I think I think coaching is, is definitely something for finding those um those more holistic yeah. or those those small yeah. leaks.
0: Yeah. I feel also the problem like beginners always have is they are trying to use a pre-flop strategy where it's like it mandates solid post-flop skills. So people get into parts with hands. Where they run into trouble on the flop or the turn, so beginners would often be better off just folding those in the first place and not getting in those spots. Mm. But just like yeah, just just sticking to a solid fundamental preflop strategy and then um, basically like that's always eye opening. But I always tell it in the first coaching session I do uh, that people have to decide whenever they bet or check are they betting for value or are they bluffing? Because at the end of the day, you're not doing anything else but either bluffing or betting for value. So for every decision you make, you have to decide, is this value or is this a bluff? Mm-hmm. And then if it's neither, you're checking. <laughs> and that's that's actually like super helpful to the beginners. Yeah. And um, it also like helps me. I I do the same process, but now I have it like, uh, kind of internalized so i don't have to ask it Stop actively process. yeah yeah so i usually know what type of range is for value what type of range is as a bluff etc yeah super yeah uh keep it I- simple keep it simple stupid it's like in school <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> going yeah i think going back to like you know reviewing those big pot loss hands, like often if you look at those hands a little bit more closely than just you know, seeing the result of like oh, I got cooled, whatever. The number of times that I went back and reviewed those hands and actually went back streets and got and said, "Oh, you know, like um, I my three bet sizing like wasn't wasn't large enough there, or shouldn't have even opened that hand, or like shouldn't be three betting yeah. that hand." Like, it's it's so funny how those small mistakes on earlier streets can end up costing you a shitload of money on later streets
0: yeah yeah so it's the whole like it's the whole theory of reverse implied odds right hmm. that's it sounds fancy but at the end of the day that's what it is so you get into trouble in later streets by playing poorly pre-flop against ranges that you know can be dominated by
1: yeah yeah so um then let's let's just quickly talk about Cause I'm sure that we've both done our fair share of like, you know, online courses and training sites, training videos and that kind of thing. Talk to me about what you think the difference is between
0: those and, and getting coaching. So I've, I've done a ton of courses and I'm still doing them. I think they're really helpful, but um, you have to do them right like just watching them doesn't really help. Like even if you're watching videos or streams or poker players, if you just watch and like soak in the information that you're getting, but you're not questioning it, like why is someone doing that? And why does he tell me to do this and that if you're not questioning this, uh, it's not going to be helpful. So it like even passive uh, courses watching streamers watching whatever, Uh, It won't help you if you don't do your homework afterwards. So then then you can just watch Friends. It's like more more of an entertainment factor than an actual study factor. So the same goes for courses. So I think like if you buy a course, it's, I don't know, $300 or something. You think, all right, I bought it. So now I'm going to watch it and then I'm going to be a better player. No, you have to like put in the work still after watching it yeah interesting so you- i think i think you get quicker and usually actually cheaper results by doing a coaching session with someone because then you're actively playing and then you're getting reviewed and you you are like in an active discussion with your coach so yeah. i personally like i've i've gotten coaching for plo i've gotten coaching for no limit holdem and it felt like it was always like I stepped up my game every single session. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. So, uh, you know,
1: in terms of coaching, because I think, you know, a lot of the people who I'm sure listen to this are playing like micro stakes and lower stakes in general. So if if they're going to spend the money to get coaching, because it's not, it's not super cheap to get coaching, you're yeah. saying that you think that, you know you get a lot of value you, as long as i think you you find the right coach obviously but yeah you think that if you 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 can get a lot of value kind of in a short time compared with uh, what you you're going to get out of a like a a course or something like that unless of course yeah. and and i think this is true that the average person is probably not um, taking the course content and then going above and beyond and doing the extra study and, and asking those questions afterwards, which is part of the reason like the, the one-on-one kind of coaching session that the thing that is great and also terrifying about them is that like, you just have to be accountable. Like, and I know, yeah. I know certainly the coach that I'm working with that at the moment is kind of just like, got no like it has a real no bullshit mentality. It's like, this is how it is like this is what you need to do if you don't want to do it that's fine but like don't waste my time then kind of thing Yeah. <laughs> which um which which yeah. holds you accountable and and for someone like me i know that that's really important so that can be another benefit yeah.
0: as well yeah I, I i think like getting coaching the the time factor is super important Because I I always suggest if you're starting out at NL L two do a session with someone who's way better than you, because you're just gonna learn so much, like more quickly, and you're gonna waste less time. So if you if you if you just do it by playing by yourself studying by yourself you're gonna play let's say fifty thousand hands until you get the basics down you can learn all of the stuff by yourself like you don't need a coach but it's gonna take you so much more time and if someone is playing i don't know you have played ten thousand hands and you get a coach they're gonna get you to that next level in like two three sessions so you can be a way better player after 20,000 hands with a coach than after 50,000 hands by yourself.
1: Yeah, interesting. I mean, I think it also depends on your situation. Like, you know, if you are playing poker either recreationally and want to get better and you've got another job, then it's just like, yeah. you know, spending your money on something that you want to spend your money on. Like you, if if the money is like not that concerning... Whereas if you're, if you're trying to make poker your career, um, obviously you need to like, there's other considerations about like, you know, how, yeah. what percentage of your bankroll, um, do you spend on coaching? Yeah. Like, are you reinvesting your bank role in, in making yourself better? Um, as opposed yeah. to moving up stake, there's, there's a, obviously a lot of other
0: considerations. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. But like, for example, I, I used to play a lot of chess back in the day. And I I was, I had never like an ambition to play it on a competitive level at some sorts. But I still wanted to improve my game because it's, it's just more fun if you're good at something. Like lots of people, I don't know, play sports, go to the gym, play music, whatever. Like it's always more fun when you're improving. And I think that's the same with poker. Like poker is yes. way more fun. If, if you have some form of success.
1: Absolutely. And if you can notice the difference, like it's like every time I finish a coaching session, I always go and play afterwards because I'm like, I want to see if I like learn something. Yeah. But obviously it's not as simple yeah. as as doing that. But I think what's more interesting is if you can see the progression over a, a long period of time, like if, you know, poker we know is is a game of, of, of ups and downs and, and swings, but question is are you is is the graph going up over the long term yeah yeah Yeah. that's that's kind of the important thing and the last the last thing i guess i'll say on coaching i know we are like already running over the time that we said we were gonna a lot (laughs) um so we'll, we'll wrap it up pretty quickly but i think it's it's really important to find a coach that suits your style um and that's and, and suits what you you actually are looking for. Like if you're looking for someone who's gonna like hold you responsible, then maybe like a hard ass coach is for you. If you're looking mm. for someone that you can like really relate with, um, that you can you know have a bit more of like a social connection with, then maybe you want someone who's like a bit more kind of relaxed. It, it depends yeah. on on yeah. the way that you learn as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So that, that's that's something that's really important. So it's <laughs> worthwhile having like a.
0: A trial session or something like that Um, for sure yeah yeah i i usually like after my sessions um i um usually answer questions after on discord and uh people like i always kind of apologize to them because i'm usually very straightforward and strict because i think (laughs) like it's it, it it doesn't make sense to sugarcoat your mistakes like if i see a horrible play i'm going to call you out on it <laughs> uh, because i think like in the long term it's like when when i think back uh, of like school or university the best teachers were always the ones who were honest with you you know True. don't don't coddle me like give me <laughs> the truth
1: <laughs> so if you guys if you guys are playing microsakes and you're looking for a drill sergeant uh and and you love beers then yeah, go see, go see Paul. I'm not gonna be drinking during the coaching sessions though. <laughs> not always. Not always. As long as as long as it's before eleven AM, because that's that's when Paul <laughs> likes to get started. Uh true, true. <laughs> cool. So let's so... let's finish the episode off
0: with our hand challenge. Yeah. So Uh, My challenge from last episode was to play the Jack 10 suited in early position and win a pot. And this is how it went. This is the challenge hand for the podcast. Jack 10 suited in early position. So we're going to go crazy with this one. We have to win it for the podcast challenge to succeed. (laughs) This doesn't look too bad, does it? sides up a little here take it down that was too easy (laughs) so i finished the i i i succeeded in the challenge how about you simon yeah how about me
1: (laughs) well to be fair like on every single session i bloody forgot what what my what my challenge was and then i think i remember that it was like queen eight suited in the in the blinds and then i was like wait is it the small blind the big blind and i sort of tried it i just got confused and i'm just sugarcoating it i
0: i failed (laughs) i didn't do it (laughs) no all right so we have to think of a punishment for you for your upcoming streams then and i think i have a i have a really funny one you ready uh not really but yeah go (laughs) So, for the next streams, until we record the next episode of the podcast, at some point you have to actively mention and defend that Phil Helmuth is your favorite oh, poker man. player. <laughs> And you have to come up with reasons for that. We want to see it on the podcast next time. <laughs> oh my God. That's going to be tough. I like actively think he's such a douchebag. <laughs> he's the, he's yeah, you, you, have, you have to come up with reasons why he is the best. <laughs> he
1: is the poker brat. I mean, well, yeah. Anyways, I'm going to, I'm not going to enjoy that, but um, yeah, I'm going to channel my inner poker brat and I'm going to do that. Uh, so looking looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> God, maybe I'll make an epic brand entrance to one of my streams, like he does in his honor. You know, how he like whistles the epic entrances to the World Series of Poker. Yeah. Except like, yeah, I feel yeah. like he hasn't made a deep run in like over a decade. Like, it's like, dude, <laughs> you you haven't got it didn't, anymore. <laughs> I think didn't you win a bracelet last year? Oh, you won a bracelet. Oh, okay, probably. I'm not play, sure. I'm not maybe, sure. Maybe playing yeah.
0: some some random card format. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah. I think I think like all of all of his bracelets are in no limit hold'em though. I think that was always his thing. Like he was always saying like he's the best no limit hold'em player no. to ever do it.
1: <laughs> just insane. So well, just just to recap, what what are our challenges? This week, so I've got that punishment. I'll do that, and then I'm gonna do yeah
0: pocket fours. I'm gonna pocket do the fours. fake the fake aces for the fake beer. Exactly, and I'm gonna be playing uh, from any position, right? We didn't uh, say what position we have to play it in. So you're gonna do pocket fours. I'm gonna do pocket nines. Ah, that's an easy one. <laughs> but you have to win the pot. You have, you have to, to win, win the, pot. the pot. Of course. Oh. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> I'm filling
1: in all in. I'm filling in all in uh free cut maneuver.
0: Yeah. That's what you should do. Four bad pocket 4s <laughs> That's got a nice ring to it. Nice. So yeah, let's wrap it up. This has been the third episode of puns and pines with pop Puns and my main man, Simon stacks. Cheers to you, buddy. Cheers to you! Uh, still
1: looking for our official uh, beer
0: sponsor. So
1: any beer companies out there want to send us some <laughs> beers? Feel free to that do so. That one looks so crisp, man! It looks so good. I know, I know. Like
0: I'll, the I'll slide the, into the design is the design is impeccable. It's really good. It's, it's tasty stuff. All right, guys. So see you on the next one. Simon, you have the final words.
1: Oh, okay. Well, uh, I wasn't prepared for that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks guys for tuning in and can't wait to drink some more beers and play some fake aces. Catch you on the next one. Bye. <laughs> See ya. Pass the balloons at the end. <laughs>